The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at you really do wear the pants now in this relationship. You're counting things down. I You're know. deciding when we I start. Know. You're deciding what the topic is. Yeah. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One second. A bunch of kids started just screaming okay. outside yeah, of my window. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Are your kids now that you're married? Yeah, now that bit? I'm married. Sorry. You have Hi, so many I'm, kids. I'm marriage. I'm Patrick Marriage Nevy. Welcome okay. to the podcast. <laughs> In your marriage, did you also lose your microphone? I did. <laughs> oh, do I sound that bad? Yeah. No, you don't sound that bad, but I think it's just funny because now there's this clear demarcator between nice clean cut bachelor pat and already even just two weeks in (laughs) no microphone Uh, don't don't get married kids your audio quality goes way down no late to the the freaking pod because you were at old navy with your wife who are you (laughs) who are you this is not the podcast i signed up for I didn't get married. No, wait, no. I didn't start this podcast so that you could go shopping with your wife. No, no, listen. I'm upset. She needed she needed to close for she her did. new job. Okay. She did. It was she important. Did. She did. I'm sure it was. I'm and sure um it was. no, so and side business isn't important. Her work is, but your work isn't. <laughs> wow. You've really changed, man. <laughs> you, you're so different. You don't even want to be in the band anymore, do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's all the I thought the music was what drove you. You changed. Uh, okay, so I what, what were we talking about? We were talking about you being married and having kids. Oh, no, we were talking about the audio. We need to explain the audio quality. So I was told not to come to work because of COVID. I took a test. They shoved the thing up my nose. It was the worst ever. It sucks. Don't do it unless you need to, obviously. Um, and I'm negative. They came, the test came back, which is great. Um, but we had a, we had a a confirmation retreat planned for today and I couldn't go because they were like, sorry, you can't do anything. Like if you go, if you go to like, if you go to the office, people are going to go home. Like they don't want you around. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I, I had to hurriedly collect all my things and go home and I forgot my mic cables. So I, Mm. I know I'm like, I'm still holding out hope that I brought it because I remember looking at it and go, I better not forget that. But I did. So it's okay. No one's mad at you. Everybody's so overjoyed at your reception of the sacrament of marriage that they won't even care. They won't That's even true. be mad. I both received it and bestowed it. That was just crazy, huh? And it's I was right wild. next to you. I was yeah. right there. You were there. My, sl- my sleeves were rolled up. <laughs> my vest was on. You were my, my Florida, tie Florida black tie was clipped. Can I just for the people at home who weren't who didn't get to be at your marriage tell um tell the folks. How was it? How did it go? It was perfect. Like honestly, we 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 keep we kept talking about that all throughout the honeymoon. How just like wow, we really had a perfect wedding, didn't we? Like that's what it felt like. And obviously, it wasn't everything we thought it was going to be, right? But even in that in that, it was still perfect. Everything. I mean, first of all, the ceremony was beautiful, right? Everyone looked amazing. Everyone was so happy, right? Phoebe looked gorgeous. Oh, she, she did. She stole the show. Which she is like, absolutely. Yeah, she was. She looked beautiful. Um, Father Anthony's homily was fantastic. It's yes. still available on the internet. The church, uh, the church streamed it. First of all, check out check out patreon.com slash the crunch to hear Father Anthony's wedding <laughs> homily. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our, our <laughs> my wedding ceremony is behind a paywall. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way to do it. No, you can get it. You can find it online for free. Um, it was super last minute, but one of my one of my uh, former core team members from my youth ministry 
my church set up a streaming deck for coronavirus and she knows how to run it. And so she was like, I'll run your stream. I don't know if you've checked it out, but it looks fantastic. Is it a good stream? Yeah, it's there's four camera angles. Holy cow. It they can pan, right? Wow. Like the cameras are great. They installed this before we even got there. So it was we got we got like a great quality wedding video for completely free. I can't believe they did that for to make sure that I was in the shot. Like it's super cool. It's super they, cool. They were like, Ethan they installed Stevie's all of those cameras <laughs> to make sure that Ethan Stevie, formerly known as Apple Apostle, would be in all of the shots in high def. What, what means a lot to me, honestly, what means a lot to both myself and Phoebe is that, um, more people watched the wedding stream on YouTube than were like invited to the wedding, like four times That's as so many cool. people watched it. Yeah. Wow. So like so many people got to be a part of it. Um, which like how many of those were were Russian hackers? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it turns out I colluded with the Russians to inflate the numbers of my of my wedding stream. Comrade, get over here, watch this. <laughs> but, but we should um, we them. should we should unironically put the homily from we should put the the YouTube link to the homily. The the church streamed it and they said they weren't going to leave it public, but they did, um, which I'm fine with. So now you can just oh, go find it. So it. we'll we'll put we'll put the link. We'll put the link in the description if you want to watch the the homily part. Plus, the homily yes. is the and then the marriage happens. So, right. So the, all you got to do is yeah. fast forward through all that introductory stuff where we read from the Bible and, 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 and then get to the meat, which is the wedding. And it was so great. It's so beautiful. It's so fun to be there. I loved being there. I loved. I had this weird energy. Can I tell you my experience of the wedding? Yes, please do. I love that you're talking about your wedding, but I would like to now talk about your wedding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) i loved being kind of like the senior groomsman like all of the guys that were in your wedding had never it appeared that if as if they had never been in a wedding before and so when you were busy doing stuff i was kind of the deciding authority on what we were going to do and it was awesome it was just so fun because i'd been in lots of weddings before so i kind of know in general like what happens and what doesn't happen and so it was just it was super cool to like be this sort of elder eldest boy the eldest in the lineup the eldest boy (laughs) the boyest um, boy and literally i can't remember who it was it might have been daniel he came up to me and he was like you're so good at this how did you do this and i was like i just am like two years older than you i've been in more weddings like this (laughs) you and daniel are definitely the same age what's up you and daniel are the same age yeah i'm like three years older than daniel and so um (laughs) okay can i can i just say like like first of all i had the best wedding party ever like everybody was was so so, fun all the boys were so fun all the ladies were great it it was was great but also so my my household at franciscan has this tradition um and it was kind of the tradition i kind of adapted the tradition for a friend's wedding uh we sing we sing I'll be by Edwin McCain which is like just so so goofy and we serenade each other yeah that song (laughs) And um, learn it. we sing it, we sing it every week to each other, like as a goof at the end of our like main gathering thing. Um, and so uh, eventually a bunch of the guys decided to do it for brides. When, when a group, when a Fisher got married, we would do it for the bride. And then at my, my friends, my friend Ryan's wedding a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, what? we're going to do it even harder. We're going to go even harder on this, on this song. And so we had all the guys like run and sing it at the woman. And then we lifted her up on the chair and all that stuff. And then we did it at another wedding a month ago. And I was like, I was kind of bummed because I didn't like, I didn't like take a lot of time to like review that with my groomsmen. And so I was like, ah, maybe the I'll be thing. It's not going to go as well as I thought it, it went amazing. It was so when fun. When did you guys practice? uh while the girls were doing whatever they did with you perfect uh, so that, we were just outside not paying attention to this cool part of the reception and we were practicing putting people up on chairs it it looked so good i i was also bummed because a lot of my a lot of the fishers that knew that tradition weren't there and so i was like well i, I want my groomsmen to do it even though a lot of them don't know it was literally just nino nino just took charge of the whole situation <sighs> nino what a what a guy without, yeah without nino hi my name's nino nino reference Nino, Nino ended up staying in Melbourne longer than I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because of him. Because of flights, yeah. And my mom was like, I miss him. He should come back. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but yeah, that honestly, like my, my wedding week was exactly what I wanted it to be in the sense that I didn't realize how great it was going to be. Like that's, I had this great vision when I was, when I, like a couple years ago, I was like, I want a whole week party. I want a week long party before the wedding with like all the like, people come in slow little by little and then everybody's there at the end of the day and then it just boom you know marriage right and that ended up being what it was and i'm very happy with it good 
And that's all that matters is that you and Phoebe are happy, that you're married, and now you've got lots of screaming children uh, outside our outside our apartment. Out, outside your apartment that are definitely yours, definitely <laughs> your kids that you made that you have together. Uh, I I know that you were really busy, but I did I did you the favor of of actually doing this podcast that we do together every Thank single you, week. Yeah. I did it I did it for you while we were gone. So just the one, so, the one episode I've never been in. The one episode you've never been in, and it's like it's totally not fair because you've done like ten episodes without me. Yeah, <laughs> and I've done this one without you. But uh, I just want you to know that I worked really hard on it, and that it was such a pain. And you better be glad that I'm such a good co-host, or else yeah. You'd you'd be out thousands, uh-huh. millions. We wouldn't. We would have lost <laughs> so many listeners. I I can't imagine. I haven't listened uh, to it. I I've been meaning to because it's, it's okay. You don't have to. It's I mean, listen to the part with me and Emma. You can listen to the part with me and Patrick if you want. But so it was like it was like split. Up. I'm not going to ask questions because everybody that listened knows. Right. But we, no, you can ask. You like you like split it up, Emma and I then did, Patrick. With tolls, I did the the intro. We did a hot take time machine. Then we did a crunch on that, and then I stopped it. And then I transitioned. Then we did. Dr. Ethan's Danny Corn, which is me and Emma recorded at separate times. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. really fun. That's fun. We we should do a whole episode with Emma eventually because Phoebe got to be on the podcast. I, I don't think Emma desires to be on a whole episode. I think her her 20 minute Dr. Ethan's Danny Corner debut was enough. <laughs> was hit hit the hit the fix. I will say, I will say that when Phoebe and I did the pod, our episode together, it it took a while to get into a rhythm of transitioning from yeah. Just being Patrick and Phoebe to being Patrick and Phoebe on a podcast. Yes, it's it's different. Emma jumped into it just full steam ahead and just nice. crushed it from the very beginning. Like she was before, and she was like, "Ah, what if we mess up?" And I was like, "It's okay, I can edit it." We can. And then she jumped in. She just started like throwing out jokes and roasting me immediately. And I was like, "Wow, wow, perfect! You're already so good." <laughs> and then we we just had great conversation, and it was fun. It was super good. Good for you, Emma. This is yeah. this is funny. This is turning into. Uh, the the podcast podcast the podcast where yes. we review previous episodes of our podcast yes well yeah well, we don't have to do that anymore i love i love this podcast the more that we get married the more self-referential the podcast will become yes so when you get married the podcast will become even more self-referential where i'll do a podcast with another guy named ethan and then uh-huh. my wife do you know any other guys named ethan i know one he's one of my teens we call him ethanos and every time okay. he's, every time we call him that he looks at me and he snaps it's great that's kind of a teenager thing to do but i love it it's very it it's so very much. good how about we do the hot take time machine let's hop into the hot take time machine yes welcome to the, well, the welcome hot take, to the hot take time, time machine <laughs> welcome to the hot take time machine Go ahead, do the thing. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. It's the part of the show where Patrick takes a time machine and finally comes back to his roots, the podcast, and leaves his his wife for me once more. We're back. (laughs) Back in time, when back in 2017, when we both didn't have beards and we were single. Well, one of us was single. And... But then we broke up, and now we're back. And we're, now we're, we're back, on baby. Twitter. Now we're back, baby. What's on the Twitter? It's the welcome back to show. interdimensional cable, the part of the show where we rip off the Rick and Morty joke style. Yes. <laughs> Please give us your hot take okay. on Twitter. Five years old. If you have a hot take, send it to so. Oh yeah, if you have a hot take, send it to us. All right. This hot take comes from a time that was in 2017. So this hot take came, and it was 2017 in June. Um, I was tweeting this when I was in, in college, so it's kind of weird that I joked about sneaking into a Steubenville conference, but uh-huh. anyway. Still funny. Um, me sneaks into a Steubenville conference. Security. Is this kid legit? Me. Cross clap. Security. He checks out. Oh, man. Pretty good, right? It's super, super good. Is that an earnest? Was that ironic in any way? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Gosh. Was that was it in 2017 that everybody was mad about the cross clap? Yes. What yeah. was the what was the argument? Um, I think it was, uh, would you cross clap at the foot of the cross? And it's like, <laughs> no, you read the room, dude. Like, obviously yeah. not. <laughs> There's a lot of things I wouldn't do at the foot of the cross that aren't necessarily bad. Um, I found another hot take. It was a it was a retweet of another. It was a reference to another tweet, so I found the link, and I'm I'm blo- I'm pulling it up on Twitter. Oh no, the tweet's unavailable. But I think someone oh. called me an ortho cuck, <laughs> and so I what said I said ortho- is it because you did the cross clap from right to left instead of from left to right? <laughs> that was a good one. That was a thank deep you. Cut. Thank you. Um, 
I and I said Orthocux is my new band name, except maybe with an X at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I think Orthocuck. Well, that can mean anything. What does that mean? What does it mean? I think yeah. Well, there's lots of things. That Sorry, it, it sounded I like don't... someone was banging at our door for a second. No, oh, our door, huh? Yeah, our door. I live mm. here with another person, and her name oh, is my okay. wife. Okay. <laughs> well, whenever you're done with that little side experiment, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, it's so weird knowing that you're in the room with another person. Like, it's just weird. No, she's she's in the other room now. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You're good. You're so, good. She's not, right, cool, she's not cool, looking cool. at you. It just, it feels, when I'm listening to this, in my mind, I'm envisioning. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, me talking, talking to me talking to you and then she's just kind of sitting across the table from you just kind of like looking at you and listening and so it makes uh, me feel weird because i feel like i'm intruding now on your life yeah <laughs> okay so one last up? tweet from me okay okay Lay this is on. a series of three good ones so this was a retweet of a tweet I, I looked up again i it only shows me the the twitter url so i pulled up the twitter url someone tweeted your dj name is dj plus your biggest fear you remember those tweets uh yeah I do. So you do like D like DJ pillowcase pillowcase is your biggest fear. LOL. Sure. sure, uh, sure DJ sure, sure. small confined spaces etc. Okay. So my tweet was my DJ name is DJ finding out alcohol sucks after 21 years of building. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This doesn't like, really doesn't really roll off the tongue, but it's I mean not very good for marketing. It's but it's true. It's true. <laughs> Okay, now that I've done three hot take time machines, you give us our, you give us yours. I'll give you one. Um, I thought alcohol was good when it first came out. Like I, 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 I liked it. I liked its early stuff. I'm not a big fan of the the new. Yeah, the kind newer of the, the newer the newer albums are not great, but I I always love that first that first ride. You know, nothing will ever be quite like it. Um, <laughs> so this one's from August 25th, 2015. I'm actually kind of doing what the segment is and not oh. just. Nice. Not just reading fast, great tweets. Not just fast forwarding to the time when we were actually good at Twitter. Um, <laughs> this one says it's a picture. I'll describe the picture to you. It says being at college again has really reminded me how true this is. It's a picture of John Paul II. Um, and it says <clears throat> it is the I can I show you the, in the voice. <laughs> it is the duty. <laughs> Well, I didn't hear what you said. You didn't say it right. It is the duty of every man to uphold the dignity of every woman. Yes. St. John Paul II. Excuse me. Excuse me, milady. You dropped your dignity. Let me uphold it for you. Uh, 27 retweets, 62 likes. Um, I just love the thought. that's like I'm walking around the college campus just absolutely disgraced at how the men are treating the woman. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know what I should do to fix this? I should tweet. <laughs> And then, like, also, at this point in my life, I definitely, like, wasn't the most virtuous dude. And so, it's, I, it, it just seems so off to me to be reading this now. And it's like, man, yeah. I really thought I was better than everybody else, huh? Because I had <laughs> this, I had this picture in my camera roll, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Man, I just, the social justice warrior walking around campus, upset at everybody, telling no one. <laughs> Except the people online that have Except no, the people online. no clue. It was it was pretty good. I, I I'm on a big JP two kick. Oh, and at that point in time, in my life right now, or in current, yes, in current, I'm on we'll a big talk, Ratzinger kick. We can talk about that in the in the crunch on that. What do you mean you're on a big Ratzinger kick? Well, so I've been I've been reading. Um, well, I guess it's also a JP two kick as well. They were like boys, they were boys, you know. They were contemporaries. Well, they hung are. out. They hung out. They were yeah. they were they were a fan. They were a gang. And um, I read. I just finished reading a book called Epiphany of Love. Um, it's a, uh, it was really hard to read at first, but it got easier. It was, I was, it's a little 150 page book and I sat down, I was like, I could probably get, I could probably get this done over the wedding week. Right. No, sir. Three hour plane ride. I got through like 30 pages. It was not, <laughs> Is it, it just was not dense? pretty. It's just very, yeah, it's very dense. And he, he uses, he uses philo philosophical and like moral theological phrases that you're like supposed to know and you don't. And you're How do like, you learn those things. Do you have to go to school? Is there a book? <laughs> Apparently. Is there a dictionary? There's there's not a glossary in the back. I checked. That sucks. But uh, it, it's it's basically an expansion of Veritatis Splendor, and okay. um, yeah. So he he brings up he brings up uh, John Paul II mm. uh, and Ratzinger a lot, and essentially, who wrote this book? His his name is Livio Molina. 
Okay. You, you probably never heard of him. He's pretty, no, he's pretty underground. He, yeah, he's pretty underground. He's pretty to underground. be fair, Tick's pretty high IQ to understand Livio Marina. It did. I did. I texted a priest friend, and I was like, I, I, like, I need help figuring out this book. And I was like, he's like, what book is it? And I told him this. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, Livio Marina. I'm like, shut up. You, you, you don't on. know him. You have no clue. <laughs> how dare you? He's like, oh, yeah, I've read that book a couple of times. And I'm like, how? Uh, anyway, so uh, Benedict, Benedict's emphasis is very incarnational and Mm -hmm. this this book kind of opened me up to see how incarnational moral theology really is i think my i think my understanding of what morality is is still very protestant in the sense Mm -hmm. of it's very it's it's text it's textualist it's very like Mm -hmm. legalistic you know so I, i this kind of opened me up to understand oh wait no this is actually more about the lived experience of human beings. The main thesis you could you could sum it up in: we need to think of morality from the first person perspective, not the third person. Mm-hmm. So we need to look at like the act from the person. What is the good that person is searching for? Yeah. Instead of what did that person do? What did they do? Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's intent is uh, a lot of what is happening uh-huh. in action. You know, like the intent is the the beginning of an action in the will. Like I'm, mm. in, I'm intending to do this thing, um, and so the and the the circumstance all plays into that, and then the the action itself, and so like, I think we judge ourselves way too harshly sometimes when it comes to, I think it's an interesting flip flop, right? Because when in, we're doing something bad, we judge ourselves way too harshly because we did a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. But when we're but when we're doing good things, um, regardless of our motives, like we might be doing a good thing, like we might go help somebody so that they might help us right but we only judge it based off of oh well i did this good thing and mm. i uh, my intention was to help them even though like it might have not have actually been helpful or might have only been for the optics you know those kinds of yeah. things like we judge ourselves really harshly on the bad stuff and then don't judge ourselves properly when it comes to doing the good things and then it's flip-flopped in other people right and it's just uh it's just terrible it's crazy but i think that's really good that's interesting can i amend what you said a little bit please i might have said it wrong so intention, he actually talks about how intention, there are only three ways to judge an action, and it's um, intention, consequences, and the object of the action. Sure. And he says that the first two things are very flimsy because you can't you can't tell the future, you don't know what the consequences are, and your own intentions are very hard to comprehend as well. They're mixed um, always. There was an episode of Friends, and I know that's the worst show to bring up because it sucks. It's the, best, but it's the best way to start a sentence when you're talking about morality the, the theology of morality but there's, there's an, an episode, episode of friends. friends where phoebe and joey are arguing about whether or not you can do a selfless act it's actually very philosophical she's like you can't do anything that's completely selfless and he's like no i can do something that's completely selfless so but every time he does something she finds a reason that why it was selfish in the end and even when he actually does something that was selfless she says, nope, you only did that to prove that you were selfless. And so there's this, there's this constant, there's this constant, um, there's no way to win. There's no way to win. And so we kind of play that game. And this is, this is a big, this is a big argument that people throw at Christians is like, you're only being good so that you can get into heaven. It's just a reward. So there's, there's this idea of like, what are my motivations really? And I think that's, that's part of it a priest friend of mine always says like, you can't really tell your own intentions. I frequently get very agitated about what my intentions are and very anxious. And so he goes, you can't really tell your, no no one's intentions are completely pure. Right. And so you can't really judge your actions based off of your intentions either. The only thing you can judge is based on the object of your actions and the object of your action never should never change. Right. Or it does, but it should never change. It should always be God. And so that's, that's kind of the, um, and I don't know how to explain it because I don't really understand it fully myself with the differences between mean, object and intention. Yeah. But maybe someone smarter than us can maybe. explain it. I think what we need to start doing is we need to start having people who are way smarter than us on the podcast so that we yeah. can get big brained. Because mm-hmm. if we just keep having each other on the podcast, then we're always going to be having someone dumber than us on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying we're making each other dumber? 
<laughs> I think it's very possible. Is I was it going I'm dumber for the, than you and you're dumber than me? <laughs> I was going for the I approach the podcast like I'm smarter than you and you approach the podcast like you're smarter than me. So we're always we're always dumber, <laughs> no matter what, because we're always no. I don't think that's true. I do no, think no, you're I don't very think intelligent. True, yeah. I think you're. Uh, I think you're. I think okay. You're all right. All right. Sweet. No, I'm cool. Cool. I think cool. You're cool. Very cool. Thanks. No. 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 It's fine. I get it. Moving on. Uh, do you want to do a crunch on that? Sure. For me, your first married crunch on that. Yes. Okay. Crunch on that. It's time to crunch on that. That's all I got. <laughs> I did come when up with that. And I got married. I didn't wear a hat. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that rhyme was was funnier than the other rhymes that we've done. That one is just because it was about you and your wedding. And yeah, so it was, that's funny. It was contextual. Yeah. I want to unpack everything with you. Okay. I still haven't unpacked from the honeymoon, so this is a good start. Uh, I've been reading um, George Weigel. Ooh. Witness to Hope. Okay. Big biography about John Paul II. Like, I didn't realize how big it was until I got it. It is. Hold on. I gotta drag it over here. <laughs> it's it's over a thousand pages. Wow. And I, I had no clue uh, when I ordered it on thriftbooks.com. That's thriftbooks.com slash crunch. No, we don't have a deal with them. I wish yeah, we did. Hallow.com slash the crunch. Hallow.com slash the crunch. We love Hallow. But I'm reading this book and so I read uh, Jason Everett's book on JP2 a while ago, like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was good, but I need some more meat on my bones, you know? And so I he, he referenced this biography a lot as kind of his imp- inspiration and what he pulled from a lot of to, to write that smaller, more focused book on JP2. So I ordered it. And I've been reading it, and I'm, I'm, I am fascinated. I am shocked. I am in awe. I am confused. I'm happy. I'm sad. I don't know what to feel. It's a lot of emotions. It's a lot of emotions, but it's, these are trying times. Some would say uncertain. And so I, so a lot of it, a lot of the things that I've just been thinking about recently is his time when he was a university chaplain, because that was the beginning of, well, also I want to talk about saints in general. Okay. So let's, let's rewind. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Do you get the sense sometimes that in popular Catholicism, we just drastically simplify the lives of the saints to make people feel better about how mediocre they are? (laughs) You know, now that I think about it, Kind of, yeah. I so I've I've recently read the book on a very definitive book on Pier Giorgio, and I'm reading this book on uh, Carol Wojtyla, and I am upset that it seems like, especially Pier Giorgio, right, who lived this radical life, he gets simplified to being the mountain guy, you know, <laughs> and people post verso alto on their facebook and they're like wow i'm just like him they walked they I, walked down the street i too like mountains and it's like that's garbage you i, know, I like, went to colorado and hiked i don't like mountains anymore right and even i did this right there's a tweet from like 2016 or 2015 where i posted a picture of me on a mountain and i said i want to be like frasati like i because i just thought that that was the thing yeah and now i'm reading this book about jp2 and hearing about guys like Jan Tiranowski, <laughs> who, yeah. who is, is a, he's a great example, right. Of, of a layman who lead, who led, you know, these living rosary groups. And like, that's the reason that JP two kind of began his journey, like discovered Carmelite spirituality. Like Jan Tiranowski was his spiritual mentor in a lot of ways, other than his father. And so super important. I'm not diminishing in any way, the importance of looking to, to these people as like examples. But what I am saying is when, you have people talking about, okay, um, you know, you can be just like JP two, you know, or like you, you can, you, you know, we have to, he, he really loved married families and, and he led these groups out, out in the wilderness. And, and so can you, you can also do this, right? Let's especially hear this a lot in 
missionary circles, right? Because I'm a missionary and our job is to take young people and, and lead them in these small groups. So like Jan Tiernowski, Pierre Giorgio, John Paul II are all very natural people to look towards, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm reading more about them and I'm feeling like we've watered them down drastically. And this is not an attack at anybody. I don't want to, I don't want to get anyone in trouble with any organization <laughs> uh, at all. That may or may not employ even CP. That may or may not employ me. And yes, this is this is partially about focus, also partially about life team. It's partially about word on fire. It's partually about every everything that puts out Catholic content, right? I yes. feel like is complicit in this, including So it's our partially podcast. about us, yeah. Yes, right? Like I, I want to include everybody in yeah. this. Nobody's safe on the crunch. <laughs> not even us. <laughs> but it feels like when we when we simplify guys like Jan Tiernowski to being just like a layman who led small groups of rosaries, we're doing him and a saintly life a disservice because that man didn't just decide one day to start leading these groups. What he decided one day was, I want to be a saint. I want to become a mystic. So he created a schedule for himself that was more rigorous than most religious orders prayer schedules. He never got married. He read hundreds and hundreds of books and he spoke multiple languages and then kind of later in his life, he had the opportunity to start leading these young men and affected them all very deeply because he had achieved this this unitive state of prayer with God because through St. John of the Cross primarily, right, in his writings. And so I feel like, okay, I'm being told like, yes, I can lead these groups and I want to lead groups like this. And I, and I, and I read about JP2 when he was at the university. He was at St. Florian's, I think was the name of it. And it's talking about how he would... He would go in and, and the young people just wanted to be around him and he took them out into nature and he gave these classes and he, and he all these things. And I understand I'm not a theology major. I understand I don't have a doctorate, right? Obviously, there are some differences between me and Carol Wojtyla, and I think it'd be silly to not recognize those. However, I just am, I'm feeling this kind of tension and this weight between I'm, I'm being pushed by all of these Catholic people by the, I feel like I'm being pushed by the Catholic Church to be a great saint, and they're setting these great examples in front of me, but they're not actually telling me like what it costs to to do what they've done. You know, mm. they they don't tell. I feel like we don't get the full story because we're scared that that might drive people away. And we're like, I just, the, I, just, uh, I just want to talk about that a little bit. I want to kind of flesh that out. And I, again, I don't want to attack anybody. I don't want anybody to feel like they've done anything wrong or they've misrepresented these saints. Because I understand it's probably coming from a place of we want these saints to be approachable and not uh, intimidating. I get that. I'm on that train. But I just want some help to figure out in my brain where this all works. So we were in a jewelry store today because Phoebe needed to get her uh, her uh, her engagement and wedding ring soldered together. And we were I passing by. <laughs> uh we, what the Webster's Dictionary defines a wedding as. Um, <laughs> That's funny. So we uh, and we passed by the case of watches and we were like, oh, these are really pretty. Like, oh, that's cool. And she was like, do you like do you want a watch like this? And I was like, I mean, sure, but like probably not these. She's like, oh, why not? And I was like, there's probably a reason they don't put the price in the case with the watch. Yeah. Right. And it's because if they did, you would immediately walk away. And I wonder if we're doing the same thing with sainthood. Hmm. Are we showing the shiny watches and being like, you could live like this and you could be great like this, but we're not showing the cost because we're afraid that they're yes. going to walk away. Yes. But what if the opposite, what if that's okay? And I, I say this on youth minister. What if it's okay to, and, what if it's okay to not show the cost? You mean? No, 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 no. What if it's oh, okay if people, that walk, people away? walk away? Okay. Yeah. yeah I got you. I, I say this on youth ministry forums sometimes. I said it a <laughs> couple of times. I know. The, on the chats. <laughs> on the chats. And it got it got me kind of, I got, I got kind of yelled at once. Because someone was talking about like, how do we reach all these kids? Like, how do I reach all these kids in the parish? And I was like, look, you're one person. You can likely hold a relationship with uh, five, five to ten students that call you like a mentor. Yeah. And then maybe 30 others that call you like kind of an acquaintance. But other than that, like you need other people. Otherwise, you need to just focus on who you have and then just pray for the rest. Yeah. And someone was like, are you sa- Jesus went after mm-hmm. the one? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. he went after the one and left the 99. Like that, that takes an intense focus. And it's like sometimes we have to be okay with not converting 30,000 Calvinists like Francis de Sales because we're not Francis de Sales, right? Because we're not, we're not 
someone who has a deep and interior knowledge of near deep knowledge of the interior life like he did i think i i kind of want to know what the cost is that's what i want to know i want to know yeah. how i can communicate it maybe we don't communicate the cost because we don't know it uh, we probably don't i mean we, we probably don't understand at all because a i'm lot... trying to think i'm trying to think if i communicate the cost to my students <laughs> i'm trying to think if i communicate it to to my team to my the students that i'm working with like mm-hmm. this is kind of i i recently realized that like and I've, I've repented of this that I just like, haven't been sharing the gospel with students. Like I've just kind of been implicitly sharing it, mm-hmm. which sucks. Cause that's like part of my job. Yeah. That's part of what, what we get taught. And it's part of what we teach other students to do. And this is why so many people like have problems with focus is because there are missionaries like me who have the best of intentions who go out and they like, don't, they don't do it all perfectly. Like I've, I've messed up the past two years a lot. And so, and then it's like, well, you're supposed to do this, but you did this. It's like, yeah, I, I was supposed to do that. And I didn't, and I'm sorry, you know, but like, I'm scared. You get so scared because you feel like such an outsider when you come into these places. And it really makes me think about Jesus because God is so infinitely different than us. And so by, by all rights, it would have been okay for Jesus to feel like an outsider because he was us, but not us. But it's just like it's it's the love of God for humanity that he was able to cross that bridge. And it, it, there's a lot to be said about that. But like in a lot of ways, we have like, do we love the people that we're with enough to kind of overcome that? Like, I feel different. Like, I yes, I might be a little bit older. You know, I might be married and they might not be married. You know, I'm mm-hmm. and and I'm, I'm coming into this place where the things that I have to say and the things that I deeply believe in are hated and reviled by most people. Um it's really, really hard to get over that. It's really, really hard. And and so that's that's why I get frustrated is because they say, oh, we'll just do it like how JP2 did it. Okay, I, I guess. So so you want me to go and, and live through a world war um, <laughs> and, and then be persecuted by the communists and also go through seminary with the risk of being shot every single day? And, and and then also have like one of the greatest intellects of the 20th century. And you just want me to go and do that? You know, like, yeah. sh- sure. Let me let me just let me just decide to do that. But I it's this weird balance because there there is a high call, right? There is a a if you would like to be a saint, it's going to cost everything. You're going to have to yoke yourself to Christ, pick up your cross and then go. And you can't hold on. You just can't hold on to the things of the world. You can't hold on to money. Mm-hmm. You can't hold on to entertainment. You can't hold on to pleasure. You can't hold on to a lot of relationships even. And and I just, I think we're we're so scared to say that to people because we don't want to lose friends. We don't want to, mm-hmm. it's this good notion of like, I want to I keep a relationship with these people and I don't want to drive them away from the church. I want to bring them in. But I also think this is, I think we might have talked about this before. This is what Benedict was talking about when he said the church has got to get smaller before it's going to get bigger. Like we... I think we need to be okay with letting people say no to discipleship and watering down. This is all coming from like me reading these saint stories and like realizing, wow, watering down the lives of the saints has just allowed people to say yes to discipleship because we're not telling them what it is, like what Mm -hmm. it costs to follow Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Sorry, also, I just went on a bit of a rant there. No, it's great. There's also the element, and I don't think we realize this, of the saints are there so that we can see the power of God and how he works in people. And like you said, you can't just decide to be John Paul II. Because um, I've can't... tried. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up every day and I say, I'm going to try to read four books at once, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't. Here's the thing. And this is kind of this is going to go against here we go Amer- Americanism. Blaze. You, so. you can't really work to become John Paul II either. Like we we as Americans believe in upward mobility very strongly. Yes. No matter how poor you are, you can get a scholarship and go to Harvard and then make millions of dollars because that's how the system works, right? Yes. Um, we all know this. But that's not how grace works. No. You can't just pull up your bootstraps and become a great saint. You actually have to have the grace, and that's God's decision. 
And yeah, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick. God gives some people way more grace than other people. He cert- he most certainly does. And yes. those people like Fra- St. Francis will say, St. Francis, I love this quote. He was like, look, I've been given a lot of grace. And if a person, if a, if someone, if someone a little bit holier than me had been given the amount of grace, he would be so much holier than I am. Like he's like, he's like, God's working with such a deficit here. He needed to give me so much grace. That's what saints will say. But that's the thing is, is that we, God gives some people more grace than others. The only example you really need is Mary. No one, you can't just decide to be Mary. You can't just decide to be Joseph, you know, um, but the thing is, right, is like that you don't need to be the best saint there ever was in order to be a great saint. Um, I think that there's something good and holy about Therese and her saying, when I look at the saints and I see myself, I, I feel like I am, I'm looking at a great mountain and I'm but a little uh, grain of sand trampled underfoot, right? Yes. That... Um, Sister Sister Bethany Madonna said in mm. response to that she was like Therese if you're a grain of sand I'm like an amoeba. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that we don't have that holy fear of the saints and the fear of God's work through the saints of how great yeah. they really are. I, I I used to joke about this on I used to joke about this with my classmates at at Franciscan I'm like everybody in this theology program wants to be the next Thomas Aquinas but nobody wants to be the next and companions. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing. Everybody everybody wants to be the next great saint that people talk about at focus conferences or whatever happens oh. in 100 years. But every but nobody wants to be the next like group of martyrs, right? And and I don't want to be the next group of martyrs. I'm not I'm not calling people out. I'm calling myself out, right? Like it we're we need but the, the, I didn't finish my thought. I need to go back to the, the grace thing. You're the grace good. thing. Take Jesus, it, it's all about the grace that God gives you, right? You can't, you can't do anything. You can't make God give you grace, you know? But if you desire that grace, you can ask for it. And he, that, that very desire is a grace. And so the desire to be a saint is a grace. And so if you don't have that desire, ask for that desire. I think, I think there is, um, there is, I, I don't know I don't know if if Curtis Martin is right in saying that everybody can be a canonizable saint. I don't know if God wants everybody to be a canonizable saint. I don't think he does or else he would have uh, here's the thing right if God could could have he didn't but he could have given everybody the same grace that he gave Mary. yeah you know like Jesus still could have come and died on the cross somehow i don't know how this would all work but <laughs> but somehow we could have been given uh, this grace to you know not have the stain of original sin it's a possible thing um god allowed us to be fallen right and and even before jesus came there were different people who were closer to him or further away from him that received more or less grace there's some people that f- were in his grace and fell from his grace, right? I'm thinking mm-hmm. of like King Saul, you know, yeah, who had a big fall. <laughs> um, <laughs> call him, call was, him Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, was used in witch doctors by the end of his life, and it's like, what happened to you, you know? Dude, yeah. And I was looking up. I was in the cathedral today, the Tulsa Cathedral. I was looking up at the at the stained glass windows of all of the saints that they have up there. You know, you see Francis Xavier, Ignatius of Loyola, Peter and Paul, and you know, all the apostles, Catherine of Siena. Like, you just see all these great, the legends, dude, the legends. And I'm like, I'm, I'm walking up there. I'm, I'm going up to receive communion. I'm just looking up at these, at these windows. And I'm thinking like, do any of these saints, like, would they have wanted their picture, you know, up in a cathedral? Like, would they, or, (laughs) Or would they have said like, no, make another one of Jesus, you know, which is, which is not to say that we shouldn't have images of saints, right? Because they, they are supposed to be kind of the heroes that we look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it gives me a lot of thought of like, man, I, I do want to be worthy 
of being put up as an image of Christ. You know, like I, I do want to be mm. made worthy of like, I want, I want God to give me enough grace to be, be someone that could be made a statue out of. I want to, I want but like, there's a part of me that's like, do I just want that? So the people still say my name. Do I just want that? So the people know about me so that they hear this podcast 500 years from now. Or do I want it because I want to be completely and totally submissive to Jesus Christ? Like, and yeah, God can work with mixed motives. It's a great thing that we've yep. talked about in the past. Yeah, we talked and, about and it earlier that, today. Yeah, it's still in the past. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have like, like God can perfect my my desires throughout my life. I don't have to be perfectly in union with His will right now. You know, I, yeah. I would like to be. I, 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 tr- I try to pray for that very reason. So I, I don't know. It, it makes me think like how much should my spiritual life be hidden? Like how much should I actually share on this podcast? How much should I share with other people? How much should I share with my students? Because I don't, I don't want that to even like come into question, you know? I don't we've know kind of, who we've wrote lost this. the plot a little bit, but we did. Okay. I don't know who wrote this, but it, that we, we need to talk about that then. Um, no, no, no. Hmm. Say it, say it, say it, say it. I was going to talk about the hack. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah, cool. So it, 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 there's nothing. There was uh, nothing holy that he didn't sell. It's like that. You don't want to sell everything that you have in your. You need to keep your spiritual life at least partially for yourself. But anyway, I go back to the cost again. I think we've done several things when it comes to sainthood we've undermined the accessibility of sainthood of canonizable sainthood we've um undermined the cost of sainthood itself and i think that that does a disservice to the saints themselves but it also kind of just makes them um if ironically it makes them like sports heroes because it's funny because like those people also have gone through intense amounts of yeah. We, that's the thing is like not everybody not everybody can do you know not everybody can do what michael phelps did very few people can do what michael phelps did but michael yeah. phelps did i would i would argue work. that only michael phelps could have done yes. what michael phelps did because not he is did, the only one was, that did it yeah and not only not only did michael phelps he didn't just work hard to do what he did he was also born with a lot of the things that allowed him to do what he did and weird that, that's, fingers weird fingers right like that's part of it and we recognize that for athletes, but not for sainthood. I think mm-hmm. I think we need to recognize it, and and it sucks to say that because it's not it's not fun. It's not the fun part of the church is that hey, there are some yeah. things that you can't have. Sorry, but yeah. the the good thing in the end is that in heaven all things are for all people. So the mm-hmm. holiness of Mary is your holiness. The holiness oh. of John Paul II is yours, and your holiness is theirs. You're welcome, guys. I'm, I'm yeah. giving you my holiness, I too. I know. Let me just walk up into the club. Hey, how about some hey, stromboli? Yeah. Hey. Because yeah. uh, regardless of whether it's a pit, it's a pitcher full of water, a, a thimble full of water, or an ocean full of water, it, they're all full. So we're all and going all to water. be filled. And they're all water. We're all going to be filled with God's grace in heaven. But some of us will be more full than others. And it's... Ultimately, right, I think, again, the cost of the cost of discipleship is the cross. And I think that even saying that we still haven't said enough. Yeah, because even saying that still somewhat undersells what the cost actually is, what the cross actually was. And the it's being married. It's coming more and more into, into clear view is like, ah, yes, final vocation. This is what all those men's talks were about. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for you to do that for one specific person. And if I can't do that for her, how am I supposed to be a saint? Right? Like, so that, that's, that's like, it's, I think marriage is a good thing because it's, I think this just in marriage is good. I think (laughs) marriage is a good thing because it allows you to really focus in that death self to one person and that's I'm very excited for that. Yeah, this is all very good. I'm I'm just sitting here wrestling with all these all these thoughts because I do it. Reading these stories, right, like ignites this this desire in me, you know. And maybe that's maybe that's God telling me to to pray for more grace. Maybe that's maybe that's the grace that's already been given me, saying, hey use me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, 
and I also recognize that not everybody has the that desire that I have within me. And that's okay. That just means that I have to be more understanding when maybe other people don't see things the way that I see them. You know, this is all part of humility. It's like recognizing that, yes, God has give us, given us all different things, and I need to be attentive to what he has given the person in front of me and not only attentive to what he has given me because it's not... Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Like it's, it's humility of that's why Mary is just such a perfect example is because she knows that she's been given everything, literally everything in the person of Christ to dwell within her and live in her home. And she gets to take care of Jesus. Like Jesus would, would have died had she not fed him, you know, Wh- mm-hmm. which is just nuts to think about. Like everything was entrusted to her, but she didn't lord it over anybody. She didn't flex on anybody. She, She understood, like, this is what God has given me, and God's will is perfect, which means that I'm no better or worse off than anybody. It just means that he knew that it was best for me to have this. Mary at mom's group. Mary at the mom's group. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. What's that, Stephanie? Oh, you brought orange slices? That's great. My son is giving you his body and blood for food and drink. Sorry. (laughs) Mary flexing on. I'm sorry. That was bad. Keep going with your thought. No, it was good. (laughs) I don't have any more thoughts. I just think that we need to pray for her for her humility and for her understanding. Cause she, she was perfectly humble, but she also understood why she needed to be humble. Like she wasn't just humble out of no, no reason. She was full of the Holy spirit, which included understanding. So yes, just, I, I, I think there's a lot, there's a lot there. I don't know what else to say. I want to answer Dr. Ethan's dating corner questions, but I think everybody should read witness to hope by George Weigel. It's very big. It's uh, a big boy. I'll put it on my list. Have you read it? No. It's it's probably not it's it's not really anything that you don't know necessarily about JP two, but it, they just go in, into such detail, and you get to hear all these incredible just little things about his life mm-hmm. and the people that he was with, and when he was in the theater group, and when he was in seminary, and when like the things that he argued about with uh, Father Reginald Garrigou Lagrange. Oh, he just you know? hung out with good old RGL. He was his uh, doctoral advisor. Did oh you know yeah, that? that's right. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. I learned that from reading this book. Full of facts, full of knowledge, but Wait, also full JP of. Wait, JP two was Lagrange's. No, no, no. The other way around. Other way around. Okay. Yeah, they they disagreed because JP two refused to use the words divine object in his thesis when he was describing God, and uh, <laughs> because and Father Reginald Garrigou Lagrange said that you should because he was trying to implement this new theological language. It's very interesting. Ah, the Thomist. Yes. Uh, good thoughts. Do you have anything else on that? I'm ready to move on. I don't want to belabor let's, this point. Let's get some questiones yes, in there. Yes, please. Give me something to be happy about. Or All right. probably um, not, knowing this segment. Okay. Um, all right. I, I, this one's about intentional boredom. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Okay. 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 Hello. Please keep my name anonymous. From you. Hello. Please keep my name anonymous. I've been thinking about everything you said in the last podcast and have been saying about living a contemplative life and intentional boredom. Oh, wait. Yeah, this is the video calling all the time question. Do you remember this one? I do. Okay, so yes, we've heard this one before. All right, bye. Sorry, bye, Concerned Citizen. We talked to you already. This one says, hey, howdy, hey. We did, hey, howdy, hey. We did, hey, howdy, hey. Yep. You got to delete them after we do them. I think I did, but I'm not on my work computer, so oh. it hasn't synced. It hasn't well, synced. There we go. Great, great, great. Um, oh yeah, this is the this is the. I was recently done for being not Catholic enough. Okay, fine. Well, we have we got back to we finally got to the guy who said um, that he's not really a fan of our little MP3 recording. So we now it's that. time for your question. We did that. I think we did his. No, 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 we didn't. Okay. Would it be inappropriate to use Catholic match just to make Catholic friends? That was the question. We definitely haven't done this one. Okay. Okay. Hey, Dr. Ethan and Nurse Nevy. Not really a fan of your little MP3 recordings that you make with your friends. JK, the pod is okay. But I have a question. Let's suppose, hypothetically, you're a 19-year-old male college student who is spending the summer grind working and living with secular dudes in the middle of nowhere in the middle of a global pandemic, hypothetically, and you have no Catholic community besides the friends you left behind in school. Would it be appropriate to use Catholic Match just to make Catholic friends without being open to dating? I can't imagine there will be many Catholics my age on there, but homeboy is starved for community of others who are pursuing holiness and will make him holier. I've definitely picked up bad habits working and living with secular dudes. And I don't want to miss this. I don't want this summer to be a period of spiritual and personal regression. Thanks. Lonely in Wisconsin. Okay. Lonely. 
sorry we're getting to this so late because it is the end of the summer and you're probably done with your internship. So sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, man, no- I kept jokingly putting it off. And yeah. It was probably like. Ooh, we probably needed help. But we get another question. So it's not. I mean, it's we have such a popular podcast. I know. We just can't get to everybody. We can't get to everybody. Uh, hey, listen. No, you should not use a dating service to f- just find friends. <laughs> I think was you a, knew the answer to that question. If it was a finding friends service, it would be called a finding friends service and not a dating service. You don't want to mislead people because that's just going to lead to they're, they're going to be like, oh, look, this guy's interested in me. And you're going to be like, oh, look, a friend. And they would be like, I just want to be friends. They'll be like, what the heck? You didn't even get to know me. That's a great way I, to just murder someone's self-confidence. I got right friend zoned on a dating app. <laughs> yeah. Before in the first message, like, hey, I just want to be friends. What? Wow. Did you just see my picture and decide that you you wanted to be friends with me? So maybe don't do that. What I would say is I think you're limiting your scope. Let me tell you why. Uh, I love the, the town you're pop. the town you're living in probably has a Knights of Columbus chapter, probably. probably, or there's one close by. It's probably full of dudes in their 60s and 70s, but they are still your brothers in the body of Christ. They are still baptized Catholics. You can be in community with them and not lose anything. In fact, you probably actually learn a lot more than just being in. A lot of times we think community is just being with a bunch of other young, uh, attractive people. And it's like, no, that's no, you don't just get to hang out with the beautiful girls and call it community. <laughs> like, no, it's not allowed. You need to hang um, out with the boys, especially the balding boys, the balding boys. I, I think you I think we limit our scope too much and we think that we can't be in community with people that are older than us. Or if we're not married, we can't have married friends or if we're married, we can't have single friends or if we have a young family, we can't be friends with an older family like that's all of that is dumb we are all one in christ and so i would say just move outside of your your circle yes you probably want to hang out with young people and there's something good about that but you also have a phone you can call young people so fair enough i that's what i would say is is try to meet the old folks in your community and you might be surprised at how freaking dope they can be because they're human beings and not uh wastes of space like our culture tries to tell us Ooh, ooh, spicy I know. I just lay. I just here's the thing. When you're 19, you kind of need someone to just shape you up, whippersnapper. And when you're know? 15, and someone tells you they love you, you're gonna believe them. Is that a movie? So, no, that's from Taylor is, Swift. Is that, is that from a from a? That's film? from the voice of our generation, Taylor. Middle name redacted Swift. Does she have um, a middle name? No, her middle name no. is just is um is is uh. I, I don't know. I can't oh, man. One. You were just, you, the I plane know. was up and you didn't land it. It was there. Her, you, her you middle, threw I the feel plane like in the air. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she said something is my middle name. Heartbreak is my middle name. Probably. Probably. Said that in one of her songs. Moneybags. <laughs> Taylor Moneybag Swift. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Did you do the, did you do the one from, um, I'm not going to say his name, but did you do the, this guy sent a question to both of us, so I'm sure you did it with, Emma, right? Uh, I'm sure you did this question with Emma. Probably. What was it about? It was about... Um, I really appreciated the advice both of you gave regarding the dude with the girlfriend and the crush. While I'm not in that situation, it did make me rethink some of my current friendships. No, I didn't. We didn't get this one. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. Hi, Ethan and Patrick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you said cool, 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 and it sounded like it said Google. That's funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I've been a long time listener of the Odka, uh, the lesser known shortening of podcast, and have thought about writing in a few times over the past few months, but never got around to it. Um, I heard your plea for more emails in Kadir John, and that I decided to overcome my laziness and click the compose button. Then he talked about how he inspired him to read more and that he didn't back Bonaventure's book club. I'm sorry, you can't listen to the podcast anymore. Fired. Fired. Um, I really appreciated the advice both of you gave regarding the dude with the girlfriend and the crush. So he has a girlfriend and a crush. That guy. Eliezer is going to be on this podcast every single week for the next year. (laughs) Hey, hey, if that was you. He messed up so bad. He's never going to listen to our podcast again. Eliezer, if you're listening to this podcast still, first of all, thank you. Thank you. You have no reason to. (laughs) you, you You are better than us. And I want to know what happened. You send, have to you have to update us, please. You have to update it. He sent it in with an anonymous email. There's no way for me to check. And if and if you're one of the best part is probably one out of the three people from that thing. He said they all listen. So one out of three definitely still listens. 
One, uh, yeah, the thirty-three. We just got to figure out which girl. Send us an email. If anybody in that situation knows, please, <laughs> please, 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 send us an email. This All is right. like this is like an, after the OJ trial when everybody wrote an autobiography. Just like that, <laughs> exactly the same thing. Exactly like that. How I how I would have broken up with Eliezer if I actually was the one dating. How I how I would have gotten rid of the gloves I used to break up with Eliezer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what actually happened in the in the in the Ford Bronco when I was running away from Eliezer? All right, let's um, let's not let's stop calling Eliezer OJ Simpson. I think we should not do that. <laughs> no, no, no. We've, someone else was in the Bronco. Oh, okay. Anyway, got it. So, <laughs> Um, while I'm not in that situation, <laughs> I did, it did make me rethink some of my current friendships and how close I've been to that in the past. In particular, I have a few female friends who have helped me a lot with life things. And I've known that I need to be careful with boundaries, but I didn't realize it was that big of a deal as you made it on the podcast, particularly yeah. regarding relationship advice. Oh, there's no question here. Dang it. He's just saying, thanks for the advice. All right. Well, thanks for wasting oh, wait, our wait, time. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I need sorry. to spend more time cultivating solid male friendships. How do I do that? Okay, pretty great. much. That's a question. There we go. Well, he uh, doesn't say how did I do that, but he says I need to. So let's just ask. Let's just tell let's him. Let's just let's just ask. Let's just create a question for him. First of all, there's probably a Knights of Columbus chapter in your home. <laughs> <laughs> the Knights of Columbus is, is my catch-all answer. Um, does he say like if he's in college, out of college? I, I'm pretty sure if you're in he, college, the answer is find dudes that like to do what you like to do and do it with them. If you're out of college, the answer is find dudes that like to do what you like to do and do it with them. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's pretty, pretty easy. Um, cause a lot of male friendship is based upon doing an activity together. And so if you get really into boxing, go join a boxing club or you know like even join a boxing gym and just start hanging out with those guys you know they might not be super catholic but that that might be where you have to start if your male catholic community is not phenomenal there's also the advice from the last question which is go and find some people that might be go out of your the age range go join the knights of columbus um but yeah i think it's very simple as find something you like to do use your intentional boredom to figure out what the heck you actually enjoy instead of just playing video games and scrolling through social media and then go start doing that thing and hopefully Hopefully, you'll start to meet some cool people that like to do that thing with you, and you can have boys. You can be friends. You'll be good. Yeah. 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 Phoebe and I, are, are we, we got back from our, our hiking trip, and we were like, well, you know, you really can't, really can't get together at houses anymore. You can really only get together outside, so let's just start a hiking group. That's so cool. And just do that. And it was like, we were like, you know what? Let's not make it like a specifically Catholic thing, but like, let's do like, uh, let's like invite all our Catholic friends. Like anybody can come, you know? Yeah. I think that's phenomenal. It's I evangelistic. Think that's something, something that's missing is people stepping out, taking a risk, inviting something, to, somebody to do something with them that they like. I, I think that's very valuable. I think you, you're basically the next Carol Wojtyla. I'm basically the next Yam Turnsky. Okay. He's the Yam who's made of, man. <laughs> he is Yam, man. Uh, do we have any other questions, or can we wrap this guy up? So there's there's one other question. Okay, here we go. She, she's, she's just asking. Do I, I don't know if it's a dating question, but it's a question. Okay. Do we have to do it right now? No. Okay. Let's, how about we savor that? Sit Let's on it. Let's put this one on the back burner. Put Sorry, this one on the back burner. It's okay. We'll get to you. Um, Patrick, it's just so good to have you back. I've Thank I've you. missed you. Kind of, the, it's been three weeks I think since we've done a podcast together. It's been a long time. It's been the longest I've ever gone without you by my side, baby. You know who sang that? Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't know if she actually did. Uh, just gotta say I love having you back on the freaking cast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good to be back. We have talked in the last two weeks, but I mean, we have. I mean, I went to your wedding. I was there. I was by yeah, your side as you, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as I gave you away to that woman. <laughs> that was funny. You made that joke during the during the rehearsal, right? You're like, "When do I give Patrick away?" <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I did. I made a lot of jokes that I just forgot about. I blacked out during your whole the whole toast. <laughs> the whole thing. I don't remember what I what I said, but I'm. I hope it after was both fun. of your toasts, Phoebe leaned over to us and she was like, "They neither of them said anything about us as a couple." <laughs> well that's i mean i thought about that but i don't really know you guys as a couple yeah no neither does really i mean emily kind of does but yeah you're right so i i was like well i could try to i didn't want it to sound fake or inauthentic and so i was like well i do know patrick and these are things that are true 
Yes. So I'm going to say them. And oh, it was a lovely. It was a great toast. It okay. was such a good toast. You, oh, you guys, yeah, you're fine. You guys weren't mad? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no. Dude, there, there was no was way we could have been. There was no way we could have been mad. The wedding was perfect. Everything was so good. It was It was very sweaty in that barn, I will say. Oh, oh, very much so, yeah. It was, but, it was, and it was just like the vibe of it being the college girls dancing and then the, the few children under the age of 10 dancing was just... Yeah. It, just choice just absolutely incredible it was gorgeous and now I, like i got to that bar and i was like man now they now all the boys understand why i have them roll up their sleeves yeah exactly yeah it was, it was good it was so fun you had a great wedding you did a great job Thanks. i didn't pass out you didn't pass out i cried a little bit you didn't cry that much we we killed it together i think you and i were the best part of that wedding it was true we were we were easily the best i mean phoebe's dress was good but like she couldn't top me and Ethan, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see her try. Uh, Just no, kidding, Phoebe hitting honey. Phoebe was gorgeous. Phoebe was the You're best great. part of the wedding. Obviously, Phoebe was the best part of the wedding. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? You know, if I had to pick a song for the crunch, I would say that our song would be a slamming screen door. I don't get it. Our song would be us whispering or their voices real slow talking on the phone with our voices real low because it's late and your mama don't know what do you is this from a movie (laughs) (laughs) our song is a lit i think lit cigarette i'm trying to remember i can't i don't have it in front of me (laughs) (laughs) oh old money bags back at it again good old taylor money bag taylor money bags Uh, Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you all next week.